previously on The Book Guys Show. Hopefully next time you come on and we want to have you back on, you will sing the Wild Weasel song live. Maybe bring, bring a friend or two. <laughs> yeah, I don't have much of a voice, so I definitely have to bring a friend. But yeah, okay, you have me back on, I'll sing the Wild Weasel song for you. We're back for another week of books, audiobooks, and all that stuff. And none of the goats on Book Mountain were harmed in the making of that intro video. My name is Paul Alves, sometimes known as... Paul the Book Guy! Ah, joined all the way from the Free Hollow Book Bunker, Drone Proof Bunker in North Carolina. Sir Jimmy. How you doing, Sir Jimmy? Doing great. It's, uh, I'm, I'm excited to have the, the pilot back on again today. Um... The man Let's himself, yep. Let's do it. Hey, and uh, also joining us all the way from somewhere. I don't know. Where are you at now? Professor well, Allen. Allen. Yeah. How you doing, Professor? I am back home in uh, beautiful central Ohio. I got out of Chicago just in between the storms. Nice. Glad nice. to be back. I want to I want tell you, Paul, I, I heard about that, that new intro we had. And the weirdest thing, I Googled Paul Alves and goats. And the first 36 pages, well, anyway, I don't, I don't want to. I eventually found the video. Let's just leave it at that. Do not try this at home, folks. And hi, Noah. How you doing, buddy? See him there on the good. Skype? I'm doing great. Very good. You doing Carolina good? I'm doing Carolina great. Did they beat Duke? Uh, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I'm not sure, but my teacher's a Duke fan, so when I see her, I'm a Duke fan. When I see my... um. Social studies teacher. I'm a Carolina. I'm a um, state fan. All right. <laughs> Pragmatic loyalty. We call that. I like it. Joining us again, our friend, the Viper pilot, Dan Hampton returns. Hello, Dan. Hola. How's it going? Very well, sir. Your new book is out, The Mercenary. Uh, that's true. It came out, uh, what, I think a week ago, 10 days ago. That's correct. Are we going to be seeing an audiobook version as well, Dan? Yeah, I think uh, I think that's all in the plans. Uh, they kind of rushed it to, I mean, they didn't rush the book because the book was already written, but they, they wanted to get it out because uh, Viper Pilot did so well. I think they were trying to kind of ride on the coattails, you know. Right, right. Excellent. Now, uh, tell us a bit about Merc the Mercenary, the story. Uh, it's, it's a good man gone bad theme. This was about a a military officer who got screwed over by the military, and he goes off and becomes a mercenary and then has the opportunity to come back and even the score, if you know what I mean. It's about payback. Uh, it's a fiction. Uh, your last work, of course, was nonfiction. Uh, are, is there any of your personal experience? Are there any little stories, like kind of like the ones you threw into Viper Pilot in this book as well? 
Oh yeah, in fact, all the all the places that I talk about are places that I've been, which I think, you know, when you're dealing with fiction, there's so much bad fiction out there. Uh, I always like to read good fiction that gets the details right, so I didn't write about anything that I don't personally know about. And I think it makes a difference, you know. Uh, it makes a difference in the details of the places. It makes a difference when you talk about some of the techniques and other things that are discussed in there, because this guy has to has to get back into North America, you know, given all the security constraints and everything that are going on these days. And, and so he's got to do that in a realistic fashion and, and make his way around and accomplish what he wants to do. So, yeah, uh, there's everything in there is, is real to some degree or another. I'm hoping that, like Viper Pilot, about every 60 or 70 pages he gets to stick it to the French. That That's really what I'm going to be reading it for. <laughs> I guess you're not from Quebec then, huh? <laughs> that was a to me that was the highlight of Viper Pilot just between us. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Actually, uh I think there's a couple of jabs in there against the French. It's mostly jabs against the the military bureaucracy. Uh you know, a lot of people out there think, you know, the military is one big happy family and it's it's just not so. You know, it's like any big organization, there's good, there's bad, there's ugly. And this guy, you know, is 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 definitely a, a good guy. Gone bad or not, you'll have to read it and judge for yourself. But his reasons for doing what he he does becomes clear throughout the book. You get to know him a little bit. Now, is the character based on uh, someone you know, or of course uh, not? It's fiction. <laughs> okay, that is the right legal answer. <laughs> good answer. Absolutely, it's it's completely <laughs> fictional. I mean, you know, I've, I've, but you know, you you can. You can read it and judge for yourself. I, I think I think people will really like it. I mean, look at what goes on in the news these days. You know, every now and again, you know, people people go a little bit haywire, and it leaves the rest of us kind of asking why. Uh, this guy's reason for doing what he does uh, becomes becomes very clear, and I think most people end up rooting for him in the end. You know. A quick question, Dan, regarding the audiobook, because I'm I'm personally going to be waiting for the audiobook on this one, because last time I did uh, the the print version. Uh, I'm gonna try to do the the audio digital version, and uh, you know, take it that experience that way. Is how how involved are you in the audiobook process, or is that all the publisher? Uh, well, I, I get drunk with the guy who does the uh, actual audiobook, if that's what you mean. Oh, excellent, excellent. No, his name is J.P. Pruden. Uh, he 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 comes out here. We talk a lot. You know, he gets a feel for things. He. He, he's really good. He knows most of it, but he wants to get the details right, too. So the questions that he has, we go over. So he tells it the way that, that I would tell it. Um, you know, I, I know this book's kind of being done like we talked about in reverse because they wanted to get it out. Uh, what we what we really want the, the publisher to do pretty quick is, is get the printed version out. So you can put that plug in for me, eh? We, oh, of course. I'm sure it'll be appearing magically on the screen at some point. Uh, I hope so. I actually, you know, it's funny you should say that because there's been some talk about it. Uh, I actually think that this kind of book would make an excellent movie. It's something that I would go see because it's got, you know, it's got flying, it's got action, it's got, uh, you know, a little bit of sex in it, it's got revenge. I mean, what doesn't it have, right? All the things we like to go see. So I, I hope that comes to pass. Oh, we'd love to see it. You know, uh, books on film and television it would be our feature story. Well, hey, Dan. Dan, this is Sir Jimmy. Real quick, I just got to let you know, your Viper Pilot is the last book that I ever that I read that was actually a paper book that I would sit down with and flip the pages. I don't. I really haven't had time for any other book that 
that I would sit down and actually read and carry around with me. So, you know. And now you I'm, use it for uh, a doorstop, right? No, well, now, hey, now I'm just waiting to, you know, for my brain to just totally, you know, dissolve and then I forget all about it. I can read it again and enjoy it over. Well, that's uh, very nice of you to say so. It did, uh, it did a lot better than, uh, than I thought personally. Uh, it would, in fact, I'm going over to Poland in, in April uh, for the Polish release of, of Viper Pilot. Uh, so I'm, I'm very gratified with that. I'm actually on the hook with Harper Collins for another nonfiction book that's going to that's gonna be released uh, next February uh, about flying, too. So hopefully you guys will review that. Oh, looking forward to that. Great. Now, now, Dan, I, I got to ask Sir Jimmy, Did has Mr. Hampton received his free hollow book? Is that in the works? It, it is in the works, and I tell you what, I had I had his book ready, and, and we had a special uh, request uh, to to hollow it out to hold a flask. Oh, and good. I, and now I'm telling you, there it, it's just not thick enough to hold a flask because the way the, of a flask is curved. It's not it's not thick enough to hold one and I, I have been, you know, over Hill and Dale and in every store around and there is just not a flask I can find that will fit in it. So send me the flask for the Scotchman. Oh hey. <laughs> a man after my own heart. Okay. No problem. Well, I appreciate it. That's that's very nice of you. That that'd be nice. Not necessary though, but I you know, I'll take it. <laughs> okay. The book survived a fire in my in the hollow book bunker. So you know oh, yeah. Yeah, well, you know it's, it's tough. Him. You, you yes. know it's tough. <laughs> it is a drone-proof oh, bunker. It is. <laughs> Dan, this is a uh, this is Alan. I have a question for you. Uh, obviously, the you know the career in in flying, you have to be you know, quick on your feet, or, or you know quick in your quick reflexes and all of that. But where do you think this this creative sort of spark came from? Was that always in you? Uh, scotch it comes from scotch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how that's how we do book guys show. Uh, I would say it comes from martinis. <laughs> these uh, these red solo cups on the book guys show, it's not pop. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I I it, somebody asked me that at a at a book event last month, um, and I said that I thought flying or writing was kind of like flying. It's it's something that you can you can do or you can't. I mean, you can certainly be taught to do it better, and there's always more to learn. But it's something you either you're either born with it or not. I I don't flatter myself that I'm you know Ernest Hemingway or anything like that. But I, I think I can learn. Uh, writing has just always been something I've been able to do. You know I I've gotten a lot better now that you know I, I do it for a publisher. Uh, but it's something that I've I've just always been able to do. To I, I know that's not much of an answer, but uh, uh, that's, no, that's, that's great. Like, so is your editor on your Christmas card list now, or is that somebody that you're wanting to firebomb their house? <laughs> no, he's, he's still on my Christmas card list. In fact, I, uh, I, think, I think he's getting married this year, so I, I'll know if I'm on his good list or not, whether I get an invitation. But, no, he's, uh, he's a very good editor, uh, very easy to work with, and, you know, they've, they, like I said, they've got me on the hook for a couple more books, so I guess they like what I'm doing. Now, I, I got to ask, before you run away, are we going to get to hear the Wild Weasel song today? No, not today. I forgot about that. You didn't remind me in your email, and I got to have a couple of drinks in me before I sing that. You got to do a little show prep, Paul. Hello, show prep. Hey, 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 here's an idea. Um, they're going to release the paperback version of Viper Pilot in May. Okay. 
So I'm sure they'll do a PR blitz for that, too, and you guys will certainly be on it. And since that's appropriate to the book, then I'll sing the Wild Weasel song for you then, as long as you don't edit it. We will not edit it, my friend. <laughs> we edit nothing. We don't even have an editor. <laughs> but I'll send you the, the lyrics in advance so you can join me on round two. Oh, excellent. Ah, excellent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're totally on board for that. Uh, I, I, I'm actually, I forgot, I was going to pick up the... Uh, I was going to pick up the audiobook for Viper Pilot. Thanks for reminding me. I'm going to make a note here uh, just to hear the Wild Weasel song, which you told me I think is on it, is on the audiobook. Uh, he says he, he put it on there. I haven't, I haven't actually heard the audiobook yet. I wrote the words in the book, so he's supposed to sing it. He said he did, but he got a couple drinks when he told me that, so I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds like my kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a good time. We really do. Did you choose to do Viper Pilot first, uh, or was Mercenaries not on your mind at the time? Well, when when well, did that come about? To be honest, I kind of did them at the same time until the the Viper Pilot book got got picked to be published first, and then I had to devote all my my limited brain bites to that. But I was uh, I worked for a uh, private military company. That's what we're supposed to say uh, for a couple years after I retired. And I was going back and forth to the nasty spots in the world, and that book kind of took form out of that. Uh, okay. Which, again, is why I think it's very realistic, because the descriptions are all, you know, what I was seeing at the time. And then, you know, I started to think about all the reasons guys become mercenaries, sorry, private military contractors. And uh, that's sort of where the, the, the genesis for the book took place. Now, uh, so, I wrote it as I went. It was good therapy. So the military prefers the term private military, but the publisher liked mercenaries. That... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> that's, it's political. That's a, little long, that's a little long-winded for a... For a exactly. For a I personally despise that. Actually, I think it's the... Uh, I think it's my government that prefers private military company. It makes it sound, you know, corporate. Now, now Dan, I, I've spoken with, with some, uh, some war fighters... Well, Canadian war fighters, but how big is the disparity between the pay you get uh, serving your country in, in the proper military and, you know, working for someone like, I'm not going to say name, uh, Red Liquid? Yeah, <laughs> you got <know>. it. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's a reason that, that mercenaries get, and, and by mercenary, I mean the skilled kind, you know, not the dog of war, hand a guy a rifle and let him go wild kind. I mean, the special forces, SEALs, fighter pilots, guys like that. And they get paid a lot because the company can hire one or two guys to do something where it would take maybe 30 to 50 military people to do it. Wow. So, you know, it, they're like that because it keeps everything small, and they, they pay, you know, probably anywhere from four to six times what a guy makes in the military or wow. the government. Wow, so, so it's almost uh, like... It's just like any other industry. Oh, well, yeah, definitely, <laughs> except you have a very limited hiring pool, if you right. get my drift, because everybody in it came from one branch of the military or another because you can't learn that stuff anywhere else. But it's like my print shop. There's two of us, and, you know, there's we're the marketing, uh, accounts payable, accounts receivable, security, a printer, you know, where a government uh, scenario doing the same thing we do would be like 30 people. Right, right, Minimum. right, right. So they, you know, their their theory is we're going to hire one or two very highly skilled people and pay them a lot of money instead of, you know, having to deal with fifty guys. And is that how the warfighter looks at it? Is, is, 
do they not look like they're don't they not look like at it at like they're understaffed because of it being a private thing or do you really feel that these people are more qualified and you're in a better scenario because of it well you know i would have given you a different answer 10 years ago now because military drawdowns being what they are and i don't just mean the u.s military all of them you know uh, regular military folks have come into contact with a lot more you know private consultants or private contractors than they ever did before and i think most of them kind of look look sideways at the at the so-called civilians until they get to know them because you know we don't right. we don't wear uniforms we don't have short hair we you know we are what we are which is often at odds with the way that the military you know presents things but after they get to know us a little bit they realize hey these guys are here for a reason right yeah so the mercenaries out now the audiobook coming soon to a theater near you or to audible.com can't wait for that. Well, actually, when 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 it hits Audible, Dan, we'll we'll play some clips here on the show. Uh, looking forward to it myself. Uh, can't wait. Can't wait to hear the Wild Weasel song. Really, <laughs> I'll participate. Uh, I will. I will make sure that uh, that Harper Collins notifies you guys for the for the plus up for the paperback release because that should probably start you know ne- next month sometime. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah, I'll get a couple martinis in me, and I'll sing the Wild Weasel song for it. Hey, I'll get a couple martinis in myself, and I'll uh, I'll send some martinis over to the boys, and we can all join you, and we'll make, a, U- we'll make a YouTube video out of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I really won't have a Skype capability if you're going to YouTube me. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's your website, Dan? Where can people go to find all your stuff uh, current and upcoming? Uh, amazing you should mention that, because the website... Uh, was created a few days ago and ought to be up sometime by the end of this week. It's uh, danhampton.org. Okay. So you, you've and got the, the, the whole HarperCollins machine just uh, grinding its gears for you, my friend. It looks like uh, we're, you know, faster and further. Off we go. Well, I hope so. And then there's a, there's a Facebook page, not, not for me per se, but for the, for the literary stuff. And, you know, you can look it up under Facebook and Viper Pilot, I think, is what it's under. And there's, you know, there's events and pictures and threads and all that Facebook crap. So uh, it's there, too, for folks. Fantastic. DanHampton.org, The Mercenary, out now on Amazon and other ebook sellers and in, in print. Paperback coming soon. Audiobook coming soon as well. As soon as the audiobook narrator is drunk enough to do it. <laughs> Are you going to make him sing a song for this book as well? Absolutely. I'm not going to do it alone. <laughs> Fantastic. It's meant to be sung in a group of uh, very drunk, very rowdy people. <laughs> hey, that's what we're all about here. Welcome to the Book Guys Show. <laughs> Absolutely. Seems like you're settling well into your new uh, writer title. You're filling the shoes well, nicely. You're drinking I hip. I so. Uh, I haven't gotten fat and lost my hair yet, so we'll, we'll keep hoping. <laughs> well, you're, you're, you're drinking scotch, so you're already on the right path to Hemingway. I hope so. I hope so. In fact, in this uh, latest book, I'm up to the Spanish Civil War portion of it, so Hemingway was all over that place, so it's interesting reading. But remember, if you drink enough scotch, you might think you are Hemingway, but run it by your editor. Always run it by your editor first. Yeah, no loaded guns near me when I drink scotch. (laughs) No bull fighting. Yeah, no, I, you know, I've never never fought a bull, but I've ran with him before. That was pretty stupid. (laughs) No kidding in Pamplona. Wow, okay. 
Now come to think of it, I did it because Hemingway did it. It's a downward spiral, Dan. You got to watch yourself. <laughs> I, I can see. Okay. A, I see a pattern. Dan, pattern. Oh. I hope not. I'll try. I'll, I'll behave. I got to stay alive through the year to get these other books out anyway. Exactly. Yeah. Focus. Focus. Thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate your time. And we will see you again soon for the paperback launch. And we're all going to sing. We're all going to get pissed together and sing. Absolutely. And I certainly appreciate y'all's interest. And, uh, and thanks for having me back. Uh, thank you so much, you Dan. Go. You have a great evening. Take care, guys. I'm Andrew Leyland of the Hey Kids Comics and Fantasticast podcast. And I'm Steve Lacey of 20 Minute Long Box and the Fantasticast. And you're listening to The Book Guys. Hey! Book Guys Show is brought to you by Audible. Audible has over 125,000 audiobooks to choose from. Go to bookguys.ca slash audible or audibletrial.com slash bookguys and get a free book just for trying them out for one month. Also by freehollowbooks.com where we give away a free hollow book every month. Stash anything you want inside. They're handmade in the USA. From real books. They have all kinds of sizes and styles to choose from at freehollowbooks.com. Hey Jimmy, what's what's that address again? I think it's freehollowbooks.com. Not hallow, H-A-L-L-O-W, but hollow, H-O-L-L-O-W. Not holla, not holla, holla, holla. I love doing live ad reads. This is fun. <laughs> it seems that when when I get the, the the email from the web host, it shows the search strings that people have put in. I'm like, who thinks hollow is spelled H-A-L-L-O-W? But it turns out about 17% of people think that's the way it's spelled. So Hey, listen, I saw a story on Reddit about a lady whose name, she was being arrested for something, and her birth certificate was... Erreka. <laughs> A-I-R-W-R-E-C-K-A. So her mom had not known exactly how to spell Erica. So, hey, could be worse. <laughs> oh, well, I, you know what? As, as somebody who hires people for a living, when you get somebody whose email address shows up and it's Wicked Stepmom as part <laughs> of their – and that's on their resume, you start to think maybe, ooh, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they're not ready for the professional world. Could hey. be. Could be. You know, pay attention, people. Hey, you know who is ready for the professional world? Professor Allen, because you know what? I know he was recently on another podcast. Oh, tell us about your journey, uh, Professor Allen. You were on another podcast recently. Yeah, I spoke. I spoke uh, uh, last weekend with our friends, the Fantasticast. And uh, we covered the origin story of Dr. Doom, or as I call him, Doom the Great and Powerful. Yeah, folks and, might uh, notice that, uh, well, maybe not this week because there's goats all over it, but in the intro, you are the uh, Dr. Doom-ish character. Exactly. Doom-ish, Do- just, just enough Doom-ish. doomy that you we're not, you know, it's... Well, uh, I was trying to figure right out. Limits. We're going to get sued. I was, I was trying <laughs> to figure out who it was that his character reminded me of in that intro, and you have settled it for me. Thank you. Yes, as a, well, uh, as a person who doesn't read comic books, I needed some help. Now I gave that, that during the interview, during the show, I gave major time to the book guys. You got to believe me, I've spoken in depth about the process of hollowing out books, 
talked about the Jesuit order, discussed the history of Canada for nearly an hour. Now, nice. It's possible they may edit it, so it seems like I never mentioned any of you guys, but trust Damn. me, All right. that was the bulk of the show. Trust me. <laughs> uh, so that episode will be released this coming weekend, the 8th or 9th of March, and uh, I look forward to seeing how silly they made us all sound. There you go. <laughs> and it's fantasticass.com, right? No. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't Google that, folks. Don't Google that. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to write this down. I want to hear this. Uh, Fantasticast. What, one of my favorite comics when I was a kid. Fantastic Four, of course, is uh, what uh, they talk about. Oh, okay. Yeah. The stretchy guy and the, the, the girl, and, girl the yeah. and the The flamey guy who are really... It's really just, a, as, I, as I said on the show, that it's really just propaganda about big comic trying to keep Dr. Doom, you know, the hero of the masses, down. Yeah. And yeah. you'll hear more of that insight in this week's episode of the Fantasticast. Yeah, you know what? Uh, when, it, when it comes up, Chris, I will put a, put a link on the bookeyes.ca so the folks can do. check it out. Yeah. So Fantasticast, uh, uh, yeah. how long have they been around? How long? Uh, how do you... How do you talk about Fantastic Four for years on end? Uh, they're up to about episode 30 or 35 or so, about a year, year and a half. They're working their way through. They're up to about 1964, month by month. Every episode covers a month of appearances. In the, the early days of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and early days of Marvel Comics. So what's, what's their stuff. view on the, on the movies? Because I, I thought, eh, I was, I was kind of, eh, about the whole... For their uh, first, I think I guess it was their one year anniversary, or maybe last year over, over the holidays, they did a they did a commentary, for the first one, and um, yeah, it was uh, disappointing on many levels. Yeah, I, I think that the Fantastic Four would work well as a period piece, as a movie set in the nineteen fifties or sixties, where you know yeah. no one no one's been in space yet, and it really is the first because. I believe, correct me, that's, Professor that's Allen. That's the origin. That's correct. They were the first space launch ever. This is before Armstrong. And 1962. Just, just hitting the Van Allen belt and the radiation gave them all these wonderful powers. I think that's how they should have spun the movie, uh, setting it as a period piece. Could be wrong. It worked for, it, it, it worked for Captain America. That oh, was a great set in the 1940s. was perfect for that it movie. It was perfect. Captain America was well done, yes. Yes, my friend. Yeah, Fantastic Cast. And where can people go to check out the Fantastic Cast? They're, I'm assuming, yeah, they're on iTunes. That's where I listen to them. Yep. We got to get them on our show. We'll all dress up as characters from uh, Fantastic Four. Uh, I will be the invisible one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just send audio that day. You'll be the invisible one? All right. Uh, that involves a miniskirt. Hey, now. Hey, now. Just say invisible girl. <laughs> I remember the Fantastic Four cartoons I used to watch, and the the older guy. I mean, he had like like little gray sideburns coming these down. Are, didn't he? Am I correct? These are really issues we really just don't want to pursue. <laughs> no, I'm um, saying I've got eight, I've that got that correct. going the on. He's, he's got it going on now. Yeah, yeah. I do. I'm feeling it. I'm you feeling got that it. Reed Richards uh, Leonardo DiCaprio look there going, buddy. The age oh, difference man. is not something that's really never been touched and addressed. <laughs> I had the 30th person uh, ever come up to me this week and say, have, have you been told that you look like 
Leo DiCaprio? Tom Hanks. <laughs> you got a young Tom Hanks look going on. Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I see it. I see it. You know, sometimes it's your webcam. You look more like Wilson, the volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, you know what? We're going to do a, a contest. Love me the contest. You know what, folks? We never get enough entrance. You got to enter. You might win. Another contest. <laughs> Because we're video, uh, I want to get some folks to send in, uh, let's say, under a minute, book review, your favorite book, comic book, audiobook, podcast, whatever. Send us in your videos. You can send them to, here's where my email explodes. Uh, no, I'm going to pick one that's safe. Send them to newsroom at me.com. Send them there. Uh, send your video. Actually, put them on YouTube if you can first, folks, please. Put them on YouTube. Send me a link. The best most entertaining minute of video we get. And it's got to be a book review, an audiobook review, a podcast review, a comic book, whatever. The most entertaining one is going to get. So, Jimmy, what are they going to get? They're going to get a. They're going to get a free hollow book, no matter what. Okay, okay. And that'll be part of the prize aganza. <laughs> That's it. It's going to be a prize. It's going to be a pal of the prize. It's going to be a box of love from the Book Guys show. So I think we're going to do it now all the way up to we're in March now. No show prep. We just make this up as we go along. End of April. End of April. We'll play them. End of April. The prize aganza. We'll make a video. I'll make a video of us putting it. Me and Kevin the King Lawler putting all the stuff in the box or the pallet, whatever, the shipping container. And we'll Absolutely. Uh, mail off that, you know, cars and prizes and stereos and all that stuff. This is the beginning. We're going to talk about this every week until this comes up. So get in early. Get in early to win the prize again. Just saying. <laughs> what could you do with a hollow book? I mean, you could you could hide your your gun inside. Uh, you could do all sorts of stuff. You, you got can, some. You got some you know, cool go stuff. Go across the border. There was some of your uh, well, you know, free hollow books there. Let's see if I can get the light up on this. This is a. Uh, um, actually, a Shakespeare book. It's leather bound. It's got the gilded gold Ooh. edges. But when you open it up, it's it's totally hollowed out. It's even got that little. Oh, you got that nice print in the in the yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's front to back, similar. You, know, you you can you can throw all kinds of stuff inside of this. You can you can take your flask. You know, you can put your flask inside. You got your iPod Nano here. You can put in there. And, you know, there's still room for a yo-yo, if you got that going, anything. But this is, a, this is actually one of the books, when, when Paul and I first met, that he wanted to get as a, a gift for somebody. That's right. He said it was their favorite book, Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. Yep. And I hollowed this book out with the standard size edges that, uh, that I do on most books, which is a half an inch all the way around. And I just happened to notice that half an inch all the way around allowed this little 380 to fit in it perfectly. Ooh. So I, I said, I don't think I'm going to be able to send that book out. I think I've got a use for that for the rest of my life. So, you know, we can do anything over here. Anything you want to hide, hollow, some, you know. No, I, I got I to ask, Sir Jimmy, just while we're there, uh, why? Why would you? If you've got an open carry license, I assume. Oh, I do. 
So you you could openly just have a holster on you. Is this more of like a? No, no, no. no. Here you don't. Here you don't have to have a license if you want to just take. If you want to open carry, you don't have to have a permit. You don't have to take a class. You right. You don't have to pay seven, 90 bucks. You just can't. No, but no, but if you want to have, um, you know, a weapon accessible to you sitting on the seat in in your car, right? You can't throw. You can't even throw your T-shirt over top of it without a license. Ah, because uh, then it's concealed. I mean, then it's concealed. I mean, you could hit the brakes. And it could slide off the seat and roll up underneath of your right. your floor mat, and then you're actually, you know, you're not in compliance with the law. So, but if you have your concealed carry permit, being able to take, you know, just have a book sitting on the seat beside of you, and all you have to do is open the book. There it is. Right. You know, you all you know it's there. No one else knows it's there. But, you know, you can go into the gas station, come back, and nobody's going to smash open your window. This is my favorite analogy. Nobody's would ever smash open your window to get a copy of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Yeah, I, 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 I'm <laughs> Canadian, so... $500 gun sitting there. They, they this is open thinking. carry in Canada. This is open yeah. carry right here, buddy. Oh, it's fisticuffs. <laughs> so those things, you need to register those guns right there, I'm telling you. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> come see us. We'll do, any, we'll, we'll do anything. We're crazy. Very nice. Uh, the prices are insane. Crazy. I mentioned Book Eyes Show, and Sir Jimmy will, uh, he's, he won't even give you 1%. Say hello. <laughs> He'll say hello. <laughs> what are you still trying to do, Alan? I'm, st- I'm still trying to figure out a, an old textbook to send you. We're here. Figure this out what I want. So I'm still, I'm still contemplating uh, using, using the services. You know, I sit back here and look, and I wonder which of these titles really fits you. Uh, what about Handyman? I think we uh, might have to find a, a collection of uh, Fantastic Four comics or something for Professor Allen. Yeah. I'm working on another uh, set of, you know, the old golden books, like the little tiny thin books that you had when you was a kid. Another stack of those all glued together where you opened it up and they're hollowed all the way through. Uh, I picked up a bunch of those at a thrift store for like 25 cents a piece. So Very cool. Come back and see us. Yeah. Moving oh, right along. What, what is on your Kindle, Paul? Hey, yeah, yeah. Well, good reminder. What's on our Kindles? What's on our apps? What's on our nightstands? In your Audible account, what's going on, Sir Jimmy? Well, I just finished listening to, and me and my wife, have this uh, thing going on. I say that I'm reading a book, and she says, no, you're listening to it. And I say, no, I'm reading it. I am reading it. So now it's an audio book. That's a, that's a story for another time. Um, meth Land, a story about uh, methamphetamines takeover of the uh, United States especially. Oh, ha- hang on. We, we got we to gotta trigger a jingle, I think, at that point. Don't we have a nonfiction jingle? We do. Nonfiction. Methland. Yeah, um, the the takeover of a horrible drug that was actually developed in 1898 by a Chinese chemist that a hundred years later took over the the inner portion of the United States, all the flyover country, you know, through uh, Iowa and and Nevada, Utah. And I had no idea, but Tom Arnold, who was married to Roseanne Barr, okay, his sister 
one of like nine or ten kids in the family. His younger sister was the um, like the ringleader of the methamphetamine takeover of the United States. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She, no, uh, I, I think she, meth really took over in the United States when, uh, you know, the, the war on drugs started, really, because it was harder to get compatible or similar drugs like cocaine into the country. The prices went up, so people found a way to get this speedy high uh, easily obtained. Am I wrong? Yeah. I haven't read the book. No, Just- totally easily obtained because you can now they've developed um, in the last 10 years a way to make it in a soda bottle. You can just make wow. it. You make it you know, in a soda bottle in your house and people would drive around these little towns and they would have a soda bottle strapped to the, like, uh, to the frame of their bike because you have to constantly keep it jostling. <laughs> okay. So, you know, they, they even were trying to pass an ordinance in, in old wine. That's awesome. Um, you, don't, you don't need a centrifuge. Just a bike. <laughs> That's it. You know, just keep riding around and, you know, you get the, the meth back in you and you ride forever. You know, it's like... Hey, maybe that's how Iran's doing the plutonium. They don't need centrifuges. They got a bunch of guys on bikes. <laughs> Quan Lee is just going around town. It's a beautiful cycle. It just continues on and on. You know, the, the book was good. I, uh, you know, I listened to it and... It, have you ever listened to a book, though, and there's a word that they use in it over and over and uh, and you dread hearing it again. Old wine, the name of the town, th- that had to have been said two hundred and seventy five times. And every time it said it, it was just like it was like an ice pick in my brain. Because they pronounced it wrong. No, I, I assume he's pronouncing it right. He had okay. been there. But it was just annoying, <laughs> you know. And it's, it was like every fifteen seconds, the name of this town. I had but the same was- thing with uh, uh, Dan Brown novels. Everyone stops short every chapter, and he stopped short. And then they got in the car, stopped short, got out of the car, almost hit the wall, but he stopped short. Dan Brown. <laughs> well, I think stop short. That's when you're like in the car with a lady and you hit the brakes and you reach over with your arm to keep her from hitting the windshield, you know, stop short. <laughs> so I see. I, I didn't know Breaking Bad. We all know Breaking Bad, the, the show, the phenomenon makes it seem like a very complicated process. And, and you just blew my mind with people just make it in a, you know, in a, yeah, you know, it in in a, a bottle. Ball. They call them batchers. Batchers, okay. Yeah, well, there was the whole thing was that, uh, you know, back in the 70s, they called it crank. You know, the, um, you had the Hell's Angels were selling it with speed. Well, yeah. they, they call it the most American of, of drugs because the reason people take it is because it allows them to work longer, right. allows them to focus. And, and, you know, they work and work and, you know, it just destroys their body. But uh, when, when Tom Arnold's sister was running the business, they said that uh, the the purity of the methamphetamine was at like seventy one to uh, you know eighty percent. Wow, that's so it, it was really clean. Yes. And but then once she went to prison, that it started. It got down. It was like at twenty five percent. It was like fifty percent right. Drano, and people's teeth are falling out, and all this crazy stuff is going on. Well, she gets out of prison, she gets back into it again, and it all go the quality goes back up. But you right. know, it's it's kind of strange. A lot of the laws that the the government wrote about the importation of the drugs necessary to make it uh, were sort of written in a way to keep it going. And you know, there's laws in Canada as well because I know one of the components is like uh, 
Robitussin and cough medication is involved. So yep. yeah, in some pharmacy, well, not some, all pharmacies now, if you want to buy those medications, you got to provide identification. Like literally, we need your ID. Like yeah, you're buying oh, two well. bottles of cough medication. It wow, really helps. Need it your driver's helps if license. You sneeze a lot too. Helps if you sneeze a lot too. Yeah. Well, I've been I've been to the mall here in town and went to the restroom in there and opened up one of the stalls and seen two boxes of Robitussin cough medicine laying there on the floor. And you know, it's like teenagers coming in, stealing right. out of the drugstore, walking in there, and then and, and they're not necessarily the making meth. I mean, they're they're just chugging the cough medication because oh yeah, they're just that'll buzz you out. I've actually I've heard you know anecdotal stories of kids just chugging. Like they actually have mixes like well you got to take this orange you know cough medication and you pour it in some C plus orange soft drink uh, it makes a great drink. Again, we're on drugs. <laughs> if, if 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 we could have some sort of a you know police officer to stopping that some sort of robo cop of some kind I think that would really <laughs> robo cop robo cop if you're out there. Detroit really needs you. I can't wait for this new RoboCop movie because they could actually film it in Detroit now and save themselves a buttload of money in uh, special effects. Are you, oh, yeah. saying it already, are you saying it already is a post-apocalyptic hellscape? Been there. Done that. Yes. Uh, not good. Alan, what's on your nightstand? Well, I just, uh, I just knocked out the uh, second... Uh, John Carter of Mars novel. Ooh! Science God. fiction. And the uh, the iron there's there is some up up there you go there we go the gods of Mars. There is some irony to it because right here on the front um, it does say the uh, the inspiration for the upcoming major motion picture John Carter of Mars. So you see, they the you know the publisher was you know doing the uh, this is the audio version. He produced a nice clean audio version yes. because of course the movie was going to be such a blockbuster. If they had called it John <laughs> Carter of Mars, they probably would have doubled their their ticket sales. That would have helped. I mean, it's there, I mean there is an irony. It right there. It says it says that that's what the movie is going to be called. Yep, that's outer space stuff. I didn't know it was outer space. Let's yep. go watch that. One thing I liked about this, uh, about the uh, the audio, the uh, uh, the narrator William Dufree, I think is that how it's pronounced. Did the uh, I think he did the southern accent really well. It's a first first person, uh, you know, stories. John Carter was a Virginia uh, Civil War veteran who gets magically transported to Mars, and he did the. Uh, he did the, the, the Virginia gentleman accent really well without sort of the uh, the deep south draw that it's easily to sort of that that's stereotypical deep uh, deep southern that I think would have been would have been inaccurate. He had the nice uh, nice Virginia draw, so very good. Oh, oh we good got a we got a puppy. The- I'm sorry to interrupt you, Professor Allen. We have a puppy. Puppy alert. What's puppy's name? Bear, maybe bear. It might Probably be bear. bear. Bear, he's a cutie. Yeah. How you doing? Welcome well, to the Book Guys dog, Show. <laughs> our dog, our dog Mosley, he's a golden doodle, which is a golden retriever poodle mix. Um, made friends with the the dog across the street, which was a uh, 
a, a, brand, a chocolate lab. And now this is, is what's and this this sweet puppy is going to be going to uh, some family members up in Virginia. And he just made his first appearance. There you go. Hello, buddy. And hi, Mrs. Yeah. Sir Jimmy. We got the whole family, the yes. whole Hollow Book family. <laughs> I mean, we're all here. We got us along. <laughs> so, sorry, Professor Allen, we had to do a puppy alert there. Puppy alert. <laughs> so, John Carter series, love the whole series. Uh, what would you think of the book? I thought I, I thought it was fun. I mean, you can sort of see why translating it to movie would be you know would be tough because these books. You know, this was sort of before genres were invented. It's it it is it makes no apologies for being sci-fi, fantasy, adventure, and romance all in one story. Yes. Where today you need to be one or the other, or you can't mix those, and so you can sort of see how you know, in a, in the modern modern take on it would be would be difficult. John Carter. It was actually a pretty decent movie. I, I enjoyed it, it but it was not marketed well, <laughs> let's say the least. That was total marketing failure, I think, on that one. First of all, and calling it John Carter, you know, like you don't call Iron Man movie, you don't call it Stark International, because 98% of the population is not going to know what the hell that is. Call it Iron Man, call it John Carter from Mars, you know. And Yeah, and, I mean, why would a company spend that much money to just destroy this person? I mean... The guy who did this movie was like a favor because he had another really successful film he was the head of. Is that true? He was yeah, he was one of the Pixar guys at, at Disney. Okay. This was his first live action. And somehow the budget got to two hundred and fifty million. And as as good as I mean, I, I enjoy I mean the movie had problems, but it was fun, but it certainly was hard to see where they spent that much money. Well, yeah. I think they needed a write off and this guy was the scapegoat. Oh, there you go. That could, I, I'm, I'm not discounting that crazy notion. I'm just saying, it seems like who would screw up this bad on purpose? <laughs> uh, let's do, where, where's that jingle? There it is. Books on film and television. Okay, first I'm going to tell the story, then I'm going to tell you the source. <laughs> All right. Gary Fisher confirms return as Princess Leia in Star Wars Episode 7. Oh, yeah. No. You think that's good news? Uh, and then the source from the Palm Beach Illustrated. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the source. Train wreck. I'm pretty sure the source was from her. <laughs> hey, and moving on, well, comic, comic uh, books. Comic books on film and television. Don't we have like comic books, comic books, comic books. Warner Brothers finally just sick and freaking tired of the failures of all these Justice League wannabe movies and false starts. Finally turned on the bat signal. Here it is. Nolan. They're in. Nolan, Snyder, Goyer, Bale, Cavill. It looks like our good friend Christopher Nolan is on board to produce direct the Justice League movie, which of course means that his friend, what's his name, that whole Batman guy, Christian something? Just uh, my... <laughs> yeah, I'm bat, that guy. I'm Batman. <laughs> I'm, I'm Batman. Christian Bale. <laughs> yeah, he will be returning as Batman in this one. 
And it looks like they are tying this in. They're doing the Marvel thing here. Cavill from uh, Man of Steel will be uh, appearing as well. So they've dropped that whole Justice League reboot with different actors and gone the Marvel route, which I think is the right way. The way Marvel did Avengers. There'll be some, some quality, seeing some quality Justice League, I think. The yeah, future. bring them all in. Bring Have it all in. Have you guys seen American Psycho? Have, yes. Professor Allen, have you seen American Psycho? I have not. Would, have you? All right. So you've seen Christian Bale as Batman. Yes. All right. You need to watch American Psycho. That's all I'm not saying. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay. <laughs> and he was the bad guy in another movie. Oh, it was an old one, a really old one. Oh, I can't remember now, but it'll blow your mind that you'll go, "Holy crap!" That Christian Bale. Next week. Stay tuned. Uh, Orson Scott Card, comic books. It looks like due to the media attention surrounding the science fiction writer and his story in the forthcoming Digital Adventures of Superman, uh, Chris Sprouse, who was going to be the illustrator, a uh, tale by Card and Aaron Johnson, has departed from the book. Going to DC Comics, the artist for the book has said, and... Uh, you know what you're hearing right now, folks, in the background? That's the sound of a million other artists raising their hand and saying, I'll do a Superman <laughs> yeah, story with Orson kidding. Scott Card. Is this a good move, yeah, Professor? No I mean, who cares? Uh, especially <laughs> if they can use a pseudonym. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is the best chance that guy has to get famous is by jumping out of this. And Orson Scott Card is sitting there not caring in the least about who draws the pictures based on what he writes. Right. <laughs> and me personally, as a Superman fan and a fan of the Enderverse, I could care less who draws it. You could get a little kid on yeah. a, draw it on a napkin. I want to see what Orson Scott I Card does. I keep hoping that one day I'm going to run into Orson here at a red light as I'm headed downtown, and I will just roll down the window and say, hey, do you want to come on the book guy's show? There you go. <laughs> hey, stay so, tuned. We're working on it. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. And just a couple days ago, uh, Iron Man 3 trailer. Have, have you guys seen the new trailer? Blew my yeah, mind. I, I, Blew my mind. I stood up and cheered right away. As soon as I saw, there's a little uh, little clip in the trailer where you see Tony Stark lying down on, uh, in surgery. He's on an operating table. And right away I said, Extremis armor! Because <laughs> they were injecting him with something. So it looks like he will be getting his uh, the armor, the Extremis armor, which is injected into him and is part of his body, uh, as well as the appearance of every other Iron Man suit Ever. This is going to be just as great as the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. Every Iron Man suit ever. The Hulkbuster, the space armor. They're throwing it all. He's remote controlling them all. You're going to see like 30 Iron Mans on screen at one time. This is going to be awesome. Marvel outdoing like themselves. I like, I, I, like, I like the armor that came in the briefcase. That was always my favorite. Yeah, but that, that was like the throwaway. That, that was like the, the weakest yeah, of all of them, right? That was the disposable. Right. That was the one that he could just in case I need it. But I mean, we're talking like the Hulkbuster armors in it, which is the big add-ons that, you know, he can beat the crap out of the Hulk with. Uh, this is going to be a good movie. If you're a fan of Iron Man, this is going to be fun. And uh, if you want a preview of what the, the armor is that I'm guessing is going to save the day in this one, 
Uh, go to iTunes, check out Iron Man Extremis, E-X-T-R-E-M-I-S. Really cool little uh, comic series. I'm Tony Stark. I build neat stuff. I got a great girl. And occasionally, save the world. So why can't I sleep? You elected me on a single platform. I will defend this country at all costs. The Mandarin must be stopped. You don't know who I am. revenge. We do need backup. That's your department. Here's my boys. Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Free Hollow book is a, a giant fan of the actor that plays Iron Man, so this will be a nice date night. There you go. Looking forward to it. <laughs> Very cool. <laughs> a little Robert Downey love, yeah? <laughs> this is it. I know that uh, you know, you're getting all hot and bothered there thinking about this date night. <laughs> hey, you know what? We got a new end theme. Check it out. That's right. Thank you, Jeff Gurner, for re-recording our end theme. We'll be back next week with some special guests. Kitty! Can't tell you. Hi, Kitty! Good time as always, guys. We believe in pet equal time on the book. Send us in those videos. Book readers and book listeners, Book Guide Show will return next week. Same book time, same book channel. And of course, I had to walk all over Jeff Gurner the first time we played it. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. He'll be here for a while.